Welcome to the Into Awareness podcast. In this podcast, we explore topics related to the mind, awareness, consciousness, and our quest for inner freedom. Today's topic is overcoming limitations. To get a glimpse of the limitless, we need not look any further than the body or the mind. For instance, there is a virtually infinite number of atoms that make up the physical body. Correspondingly, thoughts, which are the building blocks of the mind, are also endless in number. Through our thoughts, almost instantaneously, we can travel to any corner of the world. The power and reach of the mind are astounding. We rarely realize the full potential of these two beautiful gifts, the body and the mind. We are conditioned to using them as a means of deriving happiness. We neglect the real purpose as the instruments of creativity and outward expression. As human beings, we are part of nature and not apart from it. Existence can be thought of as the root and stem of a plant, and human beings like the flowers on that plant. Instead of flowing with life and expressing our innate beauty, we are attempting to uproot the very support offered to us by existence. Through misuse of the body and the mind, we create significant impediments for ourselves and for others. Every individual is equipped to become a vehicle for the limitless expression of the ever-present human spirit. The mind can either be our gateway to the limitless or the impenetrable wall of limitations. We may not be able to walk to the ends of the world looking for answers, but through the mind we can explore a whole unknown universe within. The portion of the mind we call the conscious mind is a tiny portion of the mind space. Even in this relatively small space, there is plenty of material to work with to access a window to the limitless. A broad study of thoughts, not necessarily the contents, but our interaction and reactions to them is probably the best book we can ever read. It teaches us not just about ourselves, but also about the mechanism of the mind itself. Without a basic understanding of its mechanism, we can never hope to become expert handlers of this very intimate, powerful, and far-reaching tool that has the potential to shape the destiny of our civilization. The mind is that power. Rather than be great stewards of this power, we have become good servants of the mind. There is a constant and prolific flow of thoughts into the conscious mind, which resembles a never-ending pile of fresh laundry waiting to be folded and put away. Just as we cannot wear, at the same time, all the clothes in a large pile of clean laundry, we cannot indulge in all the thoughts that come to us. By scanning them en masse, even without consciously dipping into thoughts, many thought forms escape into the deeper recesses 
of the subconscious mind through the periphery of our awareness. Here they remain dormant and may be dusted off and brought back into conscious perception at a later time. Not being vigilant and in control over the power of awareness, we give the mind the upper hand. Ceding control to the mind starts with us being curious about the content of thoughts presented to us. This curiosity drives us to interact with them and we quickly get enmeshed. Numerous thoughts and ideas filter in from various directions. Many of them, however, vanish without leaving a mark on our psyche. But the ones we identify with get pinned to our awareness. Being curious comes naturally to children and it helps them discover the world and the nascent creative potential. For children, this is essential as much as unknown. What may be considered routine and boring for adults holds much fascination for children. There's a sense of newness with every experience children have. Rarely do we see or hear of children getting bored. Boredom is a quality of the adult mind that has lost freshness and creativity. Apathy is the consequence of becoming less curious about the great unknown, more serious about ourselves, and being strongly conditioned by what we already know. Through numerous explorations into our thoughts using awareness, we start to wear many of these thoughts just as we wear clothes to cover our bodies. By this, our freedom and awareness that is unencumbered gets cloaked in layers of ideas and dreams. Awareness is central to every conscious interaction. When covered by layers of thoughts, perception then proceeds through the lens that is created by such thoughts, which is placed between pure awareness deep within and the objective world. For instance, when we are engaged in a conversation, our capacity for listening is limited by the competing chatter of thoughts, which provide constant feedback, analysis, comparison, and all this happens while we're listening to another person speaking. Therefore, the final experience we have is a composite of this internal chatter and external input that comes in through the sense organs. And this mechanism applies to all the senses. It is possible to put aside heavily conditioned thoughts, not intellectually, but with a high intensity from a deeper place within and experience the world. And such an experience may not stick and will always be fresh. Only when we indulge in thoughts do we create an alternative experience which can linger as memory or be projected into the future as fear or hope. Thoughts create an intricate web and our awareness cannot easily escape their influence. Like a spider web that anchors an intricate weave of interconnecting strands, four anchoring hooks are fundamental to the survival of the mind. These four anchor points for the mind are a desire for physical comfort, a desire for wealth, 
a desire for recognition, and a desire for freedom from any limiting factors. Every thought that traverses the conscious mind and the ones that we identify with exist within this framework. Thoughts within this framework are responsible for the pleasure or pain we experience. The patterns of interactions we foster with our thoughts is essential to understand as those have a bearing on our external relationships. Interactions we have with closely held personal views is where limitations begin. Such interactions create labeling of any experience that comes in as good or bad, likable or disliked. There is a reference point of strongly held ideas, opinions, and views against which every experience that filters in through the senses is analyzed against. The duality that results from labeling thoughts in such a manner forms the basis of a personality that we usually refer to as the I. The I then wades through thoughts looking for a lasting source of happiness, which generally is limited to the personal self. Such thoughts, no matter how trivial, tend to stick, and each of those thoughts can then become a focal point around which other thoughts accumulate, create a cloud, and many such clouds together then form the mind. Such thoughts, no matter how trivial, tend to stick, and each of those thoughts can become a focal point around which other thoughts accumulate. These accumulations captivate our awareness and make it stagnant. When awareness becomes stagnant on specific ideas or thoughts, it then results in a personality becoming rigid. A rigid personality is the foundation of our character. It may then become impossible to uproot the thoughts that are the basis of our personality and character, just as we cannot dismantle the foundation of a building without destroying the building itself. Unlike children who don't have fixed ideas, and it's easy for them to shed their thoughts and expose their underlying joyful nature. We as adults wear our ideas and opinions like thick, leathery, weather-beaten skin, peeling away layers of fixed ideas and conditioning to a particular line of thinking to expose our true nature may cause extreme psychological pain. The mind cannot be anesthetized during this process. A deconditioning of the mind is an endeavor which can only be undertaken consciously. A less painful and perhaps a more effective way is to focus awareness towards being an observer of the personality we have fostered through identification with thoughts. The process of identification with thoughts serves a useful purpose of creating a temporary foundation which then helps us create a reference point from where we can have meaningful interaction with the world. Identifying with a thought is like a bookmark which helps us return to the prior reference point quickly. Just as clothing serves as a temporary cover over the body, identification with thoughts is also meant to be a transient phenomenon. However, there is an unconscious refusal to remove that bookmark 
once applied to an opinion or an idea. Life starts off as an empty page, which gets filled rather quickly. With each passing day, a new page gets added. By the time we reach adulthood, what we call as life becomes encyclopedic in scope. A portion of the subconscious mind turns into a bookshelf to accommodate volumes upon volumes of life experiences that we have bookmarked. Everywhere we go, we carry this bookshelf full of thoughts. We can arrest the growth of this personality that has become the I by not collecting more thoughts and experiences. Once the process of collecting thoughts and ideas through identification, and hence building what we call the past, stalls, the next step is dismantling the complex web of thoughts, ideas, and experiences themselves. However, this is a very time-consuming process, and it requires the aid of the mind, which may not be a reliable ally in this effort. There may be a more straightforward way, which involves us becoming witnessing entities. Witnessing is like looking through a glass wall wherein what is happening on the other side is seen, but the glass wall prevents any direct interaction itself. Similarly, since the primary consumer of our time and attention during our waking hours is the mind, we can create a slight separation between us and the mind through this process of observing and witnessing. When we begin this process of witnessing, at least in the initial phases, most of our awareness may remain on the other side, engrossed with thoughts and ideas. Awareness is a source of light for the mind. When identified with a particular thought, it is the power of awareness that lights up that thought in our conscious perception. Just as the midday sun makes all the millions of stars invisible to our eyes, a selective focus on an idea can make rest of the stream of thoughts disappear from our awareness. This is a principle that is applied in many meditational techniques, and it involves focusing all of one's attention on a thought, idea, image, or form. There are inherent limitations in this approach. Through practice, we may be able to achieve one-pointedness of focus and concentration. But where next? the very object of attention may then become a limiting factor. There's always the danger that it may become a dead end. We put in great efforts to reach a point of concentration and one-pointedness on one particular object. But we cannot remain in that state for long, and soon enough we come back to our usual state of awareness in which we are pulled in many different directions. There's also a danger of us becoming conditioned to this technique. It may form an escape from the mind. The mind may get very busy, and we may not like the busy nature of the mind, and this technique is often employed to get a temporary respite from the mind itself. But it doesn't help us in transcending the mind as a whole. Another approach is turning the intensity of our attention and concentration from one particular thought, idea, or form towards keeping an equal distance from all thoughts. Imagine being the center of awareness 
around which there's a buffer zone where no thought can penetrate. With time and persistence, stepping away from close interaction with thoughts may result in an ongoing experience of an impenetrable circle around the center of awareness. From this insulated center of perception, we may see thousands of thoughts at a distance, just as we see millions of stars on a clear night sky. Like the distant flicker of the stars which are not distinct, thoughts seen at a distance will become blurry and indistinct, and their contents will not come into clear enough focus to arouse our curiosity and eventually trap our awareness. By holding on to the center of awareness and not a particular thought, and without direct interaction with thoughts through analysis, projection, and recall, we begin to slowly free our awareness. We then begin to separate from the personality propped up on a bed of thoughts and ideas. Ultimately, like a snake that slithers out of its old skin, we begin to shed our false personality. Once this begins to happen, we're not very far from our true nature. Along with witnessing, even the smallest shift in a perception of the mind, considering it as a great asset and friend, instead of an impediment, will be a tremendous help. It is well worth the effort to become friendly with the mind. As the mind can be a great ally or a persistent hindrance, the latter may be the case for most of us and we become rebels in our own mind. When there is a friction between us and the mind, there is no recourse but to dive into the world of objects looking for solace. Along with this, awareness moves into the external world, further and further away from our center of perception. Worldly attractions may serve as a distraction for a while, but soon we begin to tire of it. Awareness is forced to seek a place to rest, and it's back in the mind again. This time, another form of escape may be moving towards the past or the future in the mind through our thoughts, projecting to the future or recalling the past and enjoying both as an experience in the present. By this, the barrier of time becomes a persistent limitation. Timelessness does not apply to the mind. Being a slave to time is perhaps our most significant limitation. Time being a dimensional quality is limited. Everything that is meaningful to us in life, especially happiness, is measured against time. We often ask ourselves questions such as, how long will it last? Will I be okay after? And so on. The concept of time, when applied to the body, shows its limitations. In a few decades, this human instrument will be dead and long gone. The concept of time applied to the mind shows up its limitations. Time creates the past and the future. Both are non-existent in the now, but appear very real in the mind. The human spirit is beyond the illusory limitation of time. It cannot be arrested or confined. 
Its energy is infinite. It cannot be limited to the events of the past or sought at some point in the future. We cannot easily describe it. It's meant to be an ongoing experience in the present. Everyone may tap into it without limitations. Like thoughts and atoms, which do not need food or water to survive, the human spirit lives regardless of what we fill our stomachs with and what we load our minds with. It's not something that one should necessarily believe in. It is something that must be experienced as the truth within ourselves. Only then will limitations fall away and we will be in the realm of the limitless. Thank you for joining this podcast. We will have more such topics in the near future. In the meantime, if you'd like to write to us, please email intoawareness at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.